This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hello and welcome to Pregnancy Confidential Week 25, Gearing Up for Baby. The things you really can't live without. And perhaps some things that you can live without, but we'll get to that in a minute. Pregnancy Confidential is a girlfriend-to-girlfriend real talk podcast from the folks at Parents Magazine, where we have your back and bump through all 40 weeks. I'm Dana Points, the editor of Parents, and with me today is... Chandra Turner. I'm the executive editor of Parents. And... Diane Dubrovner. I'm the deputy editor of Parents. And between the three of us, we've probably spent the GDP of some small country on <laughs> baby products. So that this truth? should be a good conversation. You've made it to week 25. And if you're like us, probably, you start to feel around that time a little bit overwhelmed by the idea of the baby coming We've covered in this podcast what to put on your baby registry, but today we're going to get down to sort of the bare essentials. So maybe this is a second or third child and you're not having a shower, or maybe you live in a really tiny apartment, or maybe you just are a minimalist, or your budget's tight, or your family and friends are on a really tight budget. So we thought we'd really dig into what do you really need when you have a baby, because the good news is not all that much, frankly. But before we get to that, let's talk about what size your baby is this week. So in week 25, you know, we always pull out the fruits and vegetables. Why should this week be any different? So anybody got a fruit or a vegetable for me? How big is the baby this week? A large cucumber. Oh, good. Not the same shape, but... Right. True. That would be a very Pack of Oreos. It's shocking to hear that coming from you because I know you don't really eat a lot of processed food. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a small acorn squash. How cute. I know. There's so many different sizes and shapes of squash. You could probably find one for every week of pregnancy. That's right. You probably could. (laughs) Yeah. Let's try that in our newsletters. Right. Right. (laughs) Speaking of newsletters, you can get a daily pregnancy email from us updating you on what's going on with your baby. To get that, you register at parents.com slash pregnancy daily. And we'll tell you things that are far more important than what size squash your baby is. We're going to tell you more about baby's development and what you might be thinking about or doing this week and uh, your emotional health. So check it out. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When it comes down to it, a newborn baby doesn't need a whole lot more than your love, a couple things to wear, and a safe place to sleep. If you're breastfeeding, you are baby's food source, a one-woman buffet, and 
you have plenty to stimulate her senses that doesn't cost a small fortune, like, for example, the side of your face. (laughs) But there are some things that will make your life a little easier if you have them. And there are plenty of things that you might be tempted to buy but, but maybe won't use. So we polled our readers and said, you know, what baby products could you really not live without? I know the boppy ranks very high whenever we do any rankings with parents or our sister publication, Fit Pregnancy and Baby. But I liked the alternative to the boppy called My Breast Friend. <laughs> I know it sounds really cheesy, but it's like it's a little pillow that is flat on the top. It's right? flat on the top. And what I liked about it is that like I could sit something like whether it was my phone or a drink or something next to the baby while I was nursing. And it was more comfortable for me. I could kind of sit cross-legged on the couch which I know isn't like, you know, recommended feeding position. But it was easier and it felt better than the boppy, which is a little softer. I think it's really preference, but that was, uh, I couldn't live without that thing. So I like, literally upshot. walked around with it on me. <laughs> that's, a, that's an image <laughs> right there. So the upshot is you might want some kind of nursing pillow, whether it's a boppy, which is probably the most popular one, or the My Breast Friend, or perhaps there are others I've just never heard of. Part of it is just that it helps boost your baby up to the level of your breast so that you're not constantly bending over and kind of dragging your breast to the baby. You know, they always say, bring the baby to the breast, not the breast to the baby. That's because your back is going to hurt. And then later on, you can use that pillow. You can kind of park baby in the pillow sometimes or use it for tummy time. So it comes in handy. I found it essential to have that bouncy seat that vibrates so that I would have somewhere to park the baby when I had to take him out of my hands. And if you want a shower, I mean, I remember after my husband went back to work, sometimes I would be desperate for a shower and the baby would not be sleeping. So I would put him in the vibrating bouncy seat and literally just pull him into the bathroom with me so I could peek out of the shower, you know, every probably 45 (laughs) seconds. And I'm sure he's not scarred for life, um, you know, seeing me naked. So it's okay. I had a scarring... I have a scoring story about the about the bouncy seat. Always make sure that you strap your baby into the bouncy street oh, yeah. seat. And I know that this sounds really obvious, but when you have them swaddled, sometimes it's it's tricky to do that. And that's another thing that we think we should be on this list is some kind of swaddling blanket. But the vibrating bouncy seat was vibrating really hard. I was sleeping on the couch, and the baby vibrated right out of the chair (laughs) onto the floor without because I was napping on the couch and she was sleeping too and then when I woke up she was in her little burrito wrapped swaddle face down on the ground she was fine but it was terrifying for me and you can't put them in the swaddle in the car seat either you have to kind of separate their legs and then buckle them in yeah the not buckling is a truly common I'm afraid rookie mistake you think what could happen possibly happen right. like, oh, the changing carpet, table you know, that's right. the other place people don't buckle like right. baby can't roll over how could baby possibly roll off the changing table oh. when I step away to open up a new pack of diapers and lo and behold you know that's the first time baby rolls over right. what else what did you find helpful Diane or what can you tell us from the survey that we did a nursing bra tank is really amazing it's sort of like a camisole that has a built in nursing bra and it's got some easy access to the boobs and it also just covers up your soft tummy. postpartum <laughs> tummy. So you can right. either wear it by itself if it's warm out or you can wear it with a you know blouse over it or something. And that's really sort of a great essential item. Yeah. Right. Totally and it doesn't great. have an underwire because you don't want that. No, they're so right. it's just stretchy. Other things that you're going to want right from the beginning, some kind of diaper pail because they really do poop right from the beginning. 
Um, I actually lived without one. Really? And I know that that is um, very unusual. Everybody talks about how much they love their diaper pail. I don't know. I felt so like it was one just, of those special things I didn't need. I you just, just used put a diapers regular... and what yeah, did, how and then did you... I just changed that. I just you know took it out. Took the garbage out a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know. Let's talk about the onesie. All right. So they come in different sort of shapes. Someone gave me a lot of the kind that you pull over the baby's head, which they do have these little openings on the shoulders to make the head circle bigger so that you don't really have to struggle. But they also make ones that kind of wrap at the side, and those are very handy. So if you can register or get, you know, a couple, a few of those onesies. Kimono style, they call Kimono them, right? Kimono style, right. Or right. I just had ones that button snapped up the front. Right. The point is not something that where you are constantly having to pull it over the baby's head. And basic ones. You don't need all fancy, nice outfits because you're going to be washing these things again and again and again. And speaking of washing, my first daughter was a really big spitter-upper, and Mm -hmm. I was very dependent on bibs. And I I used to change her bib almost as often as I was changing her diapers and just throwing them in the wash so that you didn't have to change the whole whole outfit outfit every time. So those were really very helpful. Yeah. And then something for baby's feet. Like either you're buying those all one-piece pajama-type outfits. I mean, I remember we got so many cute little outfits, but really what babies wear is just those one-piece things Totally, so much of the time. You know, it's very rare that you would have to put, like, a little baby in a frock. And no, because they're almost shoes they're, and they're swaddled all the time or they're wrapped in a blanket. Like, even in... Even in the summer when you're inside in the air conditioning, I had them wrapped pretty tightly. One thing that um, isn't on the list from readers that I feel like needs to be on here is an instructional DVD from Harvey Karp. And I know I sound like i am like been paid to promote that, but I could not live without him. And I push it on every person who's about to give birth that I know because he basically tells you how to put a baby to sleep and how to calm down a crying baby. Yeah. And it works. And I, I couldn't live without that. That's good. I didn't have that. <laughs> Definitely worth checking his His book out. and video is called The Happiest Baby on the Block. Yes. Right. And then, of course, we have to mention diapers. Do not buy a lifetime supply of one type of diaper because you might find that you like a different diaper better after you check it out. And then whatever feeding supplies you need... If you're not going to breastfeed or if you know from the beginning you're going to pump and someone else is going to feed your baby also, you need bottles. I had intended to breastfeed and I did breastfeed, but I did not get any kind of pump. And I remember I had to send my husband out one night the first week that we were home because my breasts were engorged. The baby didn't want to feed. And I was like, I have to get this milk out of me. And he had to go and get a hand pump at the drugstore so that I could relieve some of the pressure because I wasn't expert enough at any of it yet to know how to compress my breast to get the milk out. You know, like I needed some suction. (laughs) And so that was fun. Like, you know, go, please go Mm -hmm. and get me, you know, hemorrhoid cream and and a hand breast pump. I would also recommend, and this is going to sound really bizarre, having a head of cabbage Mm -hmm. in your refrigerator Mm -hmm. when you get home from the hospital because engorgement is a real thing and the baby not may not be eating as much um, or sucking as hard, which is my case. Like she couldn't latch on, but I was terribly engorged, just like you. And somebody told me take the leaf of the cabbage, cold cabbage, very carefully peel it off, and it is about the size of your breasts at that point because your breasts are huge. And it, there's some properties in that cabbage that will suit that, and the cold feels really good as well. So I walked around with cabbage leaves sticking out of my nursing tank for the first week or so. Good suggestion. So those those are the sort of the most immediate things. Now, none of this 
will really solve your problem if you're you're totally lost, if you're having difficulties breastfeeding, if you're struggling with postpartum depression. That's where it comes to people. <laughs> people are helpful, actually live people. And that person may or may not be your mom. It could be a girlfriend. It could be your sister. It could be your partner. It could be hired help, frankly. It could be, yeah. I mean, I had a doula who she was not a birth doula. She came after the baby. And I think she even came maybe toward the end of the first week we were home because my husband was going to go back to work. My parents lived far away. And she was invaluable because she showed me tips about how to breastfeed and made me a salad at, at times. <laughs> so that was useful. Yeah. I, lactation consultant was really helpful to me. I mean, she oh, came yeah. with her little portable scale so mm-hmm. that she would weigh mm-hmm. my daughter before I nursed and afterwards because that's really the only way you can know how much she's taking in. Often that's just reassuring because you feel like the baby's not getting enough and then she can say, oh, yes, actually, you know, she gained she two drank. ounces or whatever. Right. I think overall there isn't enough instruction in the hospital about how to breastfeed. It's not as individualistic. So if you can spring for a lactation consultant, and sometimes insurance covers it, then I think you should, especially if you're having any trouble. Because yeah. it is not, it's, it's not as natural an organic experience as you think it's going to be. You're going to think, oh, I should totally know just how to do this because I'm a woman. It doesn't necessarily and, work And, and some of the tips that they give you are, in retrospect, so amazingly simple, and that can make such a huge difference, like, you know, taking the baby's lips and literally pulling them wider. I remember mm-hmm. that was a huge breakthrough for me to sort uh-huh. of help her mouth be bigger. You just I just pulled right. it, pulled her lip down. I would never have yeah, thought to do right. that on because my own. you have. I mean, as Chandra was saying, you have this idea that's oh, it's just instinctual. Yeah. You'll get right. it. No worries. So, did you guys have anything that you bought that you didn't use? A lot of newborn clothing. I mean, you get a lot of clothing in newborn size, and before you know it, they're too small. Right. You don't know exactly the size of the baby. And for my daughter, she was such a little chicken. She was just this teeny thing that she couldn't fit into the newborn clothes. So I had to go get, like, preemie-sized clothes because she's so little. My son was the opposite. I didn't need the um, newborn-sized diapers. So then I ended up having this giant box of newborn-sized diapers that I didn't hear already outgrew before I even made it home from the hospital. Wow. He's a big guy. He was big, yeah. (laughs) So, listeners, what products do you think you won't be able to live without? Tweet us at Parents Magazine with the hashtag Pregnancy Confidential. This week's Relax You've Got This is about your beloved pet. Now, pets are smarter than you think, and they may have noticed (laughs) that you're pregnant even before you notice that you're pregnant. Because, again, hormones, right? We blame everything on hormones, and that changes the way you smell, and some pets are really sensitive to that. If you have a dog, you might be actually experiencing this phenomenon where the dog becomes more protective of you or more scared of you because of this change in your scent. And then you, meanwhile, are riding this roller coaster of emotions. So being dissed by your dog might affect you in a way that it wouldn't have before you were pregnant. When I was pregnant with my second child, I had made the mistake at a weak moment at a Pennsylvania County Fair, and I bought a rabbit. Um, And we had a rabbit. And then I discovered that I was allergic to the rabbit, and then my daughter was allergic to to the rabbit. So it was this race. We were determined to get rid of the increasingly smelly and allergenic rabbit before the baby arrived. And my husband actually found someone in his office who lived in a rural, like someplace where it was almost sounded like a joke, like, oh, we took the rabbit to a farm, but we really found a new home. that's so lucky. It wasn't that big farm in the sky. It was an actual farm. Yeah. So there are some things you're probably going to want to do to introduce your dog to your baby. One thing they tell you is 
before you bring the baby home, you should take some fabric, like a onesie that the baby's worn in the hospital or a swaddling blanket that the baby's been swaddled with, and bring it home and put it under your dog's nose so that the dog will become acclimated to the scent of the baby, which I just think is fascinating. They're so attuned to scent. We had four cats in a small apartment when my daughter was born. And the cats were fine around my daughter. You know, they were just kind of would come up and, and sniff her and be like, annoying, and then they would walk off. But the wonderful thing about having cats is that I didn't have to change the litter box for the entire <laughs> pregnancy, um, which was my job up until that point. My husband had to do it because, you know, there's a risk of toxoplasmosis, which is this, like, weird bacteria that can be in cat poop and that can be harmful to the baby. So... You can get out of one chore, ladies, while you're pregnant, um, and that is um, the litter box. But no amount of letting a cat sniff your swaddle blanket is going to help because no. the cats are just not as teachable. So. No, they're teachable, um, but they're they're not going to do anything that you want them to do. Right. Now, you cannot rely on your dog behaving the way it behaved before when you bring the baby home. So you are going to have to take steps to keep that baby out of the dog's reach. Honestly. And you may need to get that gate back out that you used when your dog was a puppy so that you have right. some place that you or can the let crate. your dog right, be in. Right. And be they may safe. be jealous. They, you know, the, the dog may be very jealous of your child. So you just you need to be mindful right. of that. Right. They're sensitive creatures. That's it for Pregnancy Confidential for today. Our producer is Sarah Abduraman. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Let us know what you think of the show. You'll find us on Twitter at Parents Magazine, Facebook at facebook.com slash Parents Magazine, or Instagram at, of all things, Parents Magazine. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend, subscribe to us in iTunes or Stitcher or whatever app you're using, and don't forget to leave us a rating because we like to know how we're doing, and it also helps people find our podcast. Unlike other shows, you don't need to wait for the next installment. So if you want to take a peek of what the weeks ahead hold for you, you can listen right now.